0: Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsign with you here on a sort of gray, going to be snowy Friday in the capital city. Uh, Allison Lucan is with us. Hello. As is Tom Reed. Salutations.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: Yes. And we've been. We've been stating all along this season that this this is going to be – it's going to feel like a crescendo leading up to the trade deadline. I think they've done their level best to sort of keep a lid on things and certainly keep the play on the ice from, from being unaffected. It seems like it anyway. Uh, but it's, stuff's getting really interesting to go now with a, about a week – a month, sorry, to go between now and the NHL trade deadline. The Blue Jackets host Montreal tonight. Allison and Tom will be there. I'm off to Minnesota where the Blue Jackets will play the Wild on Saturday. That's their last game until January 19th. Sorry, January 29th. Um, A big old gap in the middle of the season, and there's lots to be sorted out, Um, not just in that 10-day gap but in the, the weeks that follow leading up to the deadline. I think one of the most interesting situations on the team for, I think we've been obsessed with Panarin, rightly so, but I think the more intriguing one now all of a sudden has become Bobrovsky. Not that he's more important or one is more important than the other to the organization, but just the way the story has developed or emerged. Um, The Athletics' Pierre Lebrun reporting late last week or early this week that uh, Bobrovsky, in fact, has told the club uh, in recent months that he would be willing to uh, lift his no-move clause for certain destinations. So that is, that is the exact opposite of what many have surmised. I don't think anyone, certainly we haven't, reported it hard that he would not waive his no-move clause or that he had refused to or anything like that. But that was certainly the suggestion. That he was going to say, nope, I'm staying here and I'm just going to leave July 1st. Well, now from uh, LeBron's reporting, yeah, the Blue Jackets have been told there are teams he would be traded to. And so that it's, it's Jarmo Kekalainen digging his heels in and saying, nope, not trading you. And now we reach the odd point where the Blue Jackets are saying, we can't trade Sergei Bobrovsky. Because we have playoffs to play. When all along we've been saying, boy, you love Bobrovsky, but he can't play in the playoffs. And now here's a team making a decision to absolutely keep him because they need him for the playoffs. While all of this is going on, out of nowhere, Yunus Corposalo has played probably the best stretch of his career, which I think says something. Um, I I think it would be really easy for a player in his situation uh, with suddenly all eyes of the organization on you, with Bob held out of a game, um, Corpi getting starts now at a level of frequency I don't think uh, even Tortorella expected at the beginning of the season. And he has, instead of melting under the pressure, he's played really, really well. Um, and I don't know which one of you wants to bat this one around first, but I'm wondering let's first go at it this way. It has Corposalo's recent stretch of play, granted it's been four or five games only, but has that stretch of play forced you to rethink the notion that they absolutely can't go into this playoffs with him as the guy that they have to keep Obrovsky around, even at risk of losing him to unrestricted free agency, because they simply can't turn the keys of this car over to Corpus Allo. which of you wants to take that, that one first Tom does. Nice.
2: Um, no, I have not seen enough of that. I have not seen enough of Corposalo to uh, tell me that because he was getting games early in the year and, um, played fairly well early in the season. In fact, he's got a really good record, doesn't he? What's his,
0: his he's like 10, two and two or something Steve. Something
2: like that. Yeah. But th- there have been games in there where they've had the, the, the five to four wins, that type sure. of situation. Um, I would want to see more, and I'm, I'm guessing between now and if, the, the decision they make, they'll probably play him a little more. We're probably going to get back to maybe where we were at the beginning of the year, where I think I think he started five games in October. Does that sound right? Something something like that. He played he played a substantial amount in October um, to see again. But I think the harder thing when, with with goalies like this is. Um, psychologically there's always the safety net the right. job is there that you know if there's a problem that's what for me one of the things that backup goalies sometimes have to get over um, because when that's removed then how good are they we don't know and and I don't know if that's where the way the blue Jacks want to go I, I Aaron, I'm sure you've posed this question to some people around the league I've done it as well as and I've get like a split decision uh, could could these guys make it to the playoffs? with Corpus Salo and bringing back a veteran second guy to kind of battle it out down the stretch. Some people say yes. And, and some people say, no, they brought They have to stick with Bob. So I think it's very difficult. I think there's no question that Corpus Salo has given them a huge lift here in a really difficult, what could have been a really difficult time um, wow. uh, over the last week or two. And that, no matter what, that should not be forgotten. Because the, they're playing really well right now, and uh, they don't they they don't get that without the goaltending he's provided. But I need to see more before I'm willing to make that to say, yeah, go ahead and trade him.
1: Allison thoughts? Yeah, I, I also agree um, with a lot of the reasons that Tom already shared. I mean, he's certainly playing better than he did last year. In fact, he's he's already played as many at this point right now. He has already played as many games this year as he did the entirety of last year. So I do think we're going to continue to see him more, like Tom said. Um, and I am optimistic, based on what we've seen from him particularly recently, but I am not yet convinced that they can give him the keys.
2: Aaron, what was your, at the beginning of the season, remember you threw a number out how many starts he would make? What, do you remember what it was? I, I don't. I'm just, I'm asking.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I God, was it 30?
1: I think it was thirty.
2: And where are we where are we now?
1: Eighteen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We might get there. I mean, you could not have foreseen all of this stuff. I, I think you, if you're in Yarmo's shoes, which it's hard for anybody who's not to even pretend that they are. I don't. I I would think. I think you have to factor all sorts of things into this. We don't know what's available for Bob. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So like. There's a significant piece coming back. I think you have to weigh that with the fact that Bob isn't going to be here with all of the stuff that's gone on with Corpo recent play. But I, I don't think you can over I don't think you can overvalue his recent play. I think you have to look at the body of work more than that. Um, it's a really it's a conundrum. It's probably easier if Bob just won't move his no move. Cuz then you got nothing to worry about. Well, now you've got now you've got some things to contemplate here.
2: I think one of the things that's interesting is what yeah, as you just mentioned, what, what are you getting? What what is Bob's blue book value right now? Is it can you get a first round pick for him? The one of the teams that I think everyone thought that that maybe you could trade him to uh, are the Islanders and the Islanders are getting good goaltending? Very good. Very good goaltending right now. I don't know why they would make that move at this point. Um, you know, you would have to think it's going to be a contender, a, you know, either a playoff contender or a Stanley Cup contender. The Stanley Cup contenders, I think, are all fairly set uh, in goaltending. I think that that would be a team that, you know, can can they win around and then. You bring in the whole thing. Well, one of the knocks on Bob has been uh, his playoff goaltending. So, I don't know. I, I guess it, I'd really be interested in, interested to find out what the market is for Bob right now and what teams are willing to give
0: up. You wonder – I mean, I don't think Bob would waive to – I don't know if he would or wouldn't. I shouldn't say that. But does does Buffalo feel like they need a goalie? Uh I mean, they're kind of knocking on the door in the East.
2: I, 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 agree to, to a certain extent, but I also, if if I'm Buffalo, they have shown a ton of improvement Yeah. from, from, from last year. And I don't know if, if making the playoffs right now, you, you know, I, I go back to what happened with New Jersey last year. Sometimes teams like get in a year ahead of where they probably should get in. Right. And then, then it's just, Oh, what happens this year? We've all seen what has happened in New Jersey this year. Um, I wonder I wonder if, if, if even Buffalo isn't better waiting one more year, and why would you give up? Again, I, I, I don't know what future assets you'd be willing to part with for Bob, and it, then it becomes, is it worth it for the Blue Jackets? I don't know about Buffalo. I, what if, and, and, um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good, good question, though.
0: What if you're Carolina? No. no. You're you know, seven points out, you're I think of all the teams, I mean the East is almost settled, I hate to say it, yeah, but Carolina's like, yeah, just kind of hanging around as they God they always do, don't they? um but they're you know they're they're five points back at Buffalo. I don't really see any I don't think it makes any sense at all for a team that's out of it to trade for him. Unless they can extend him. So, you know, if you go by the unless they can extend him notion, then I think you have to think, you know, God, I mean, Florida, as our colleague colleague George Richards has mentioned, but can they have $20 bucks wrapped up in goaltending? Holy. Um, And then who in the West is, is like, in it but needs a goalie? Does – it's not – not an easy fit necessarily. Um yeah, it's it's uh conundrum. Are there any teams out there, Allison, that strike you as as uh, a goalie away and sort of I mean Calgary's <laughs> getting great goaltending from a guy that nobody's ever heard of.
1: Right. Right.
0: And Albert Ridditch, I think his name Rittich, is
1: Ridditch, yep, Rittich. Yeah. I mean I don't <clears throat> the thing is too, with with all due respect is a team that might want a goalie a place where Bob is gonna go too, right? right? So, you know, I'm I'm scrolling through here and I'm looking at I mean, Dallas isn't, Minnesota isn't, Calgary, San Jose, Vegas, Winnipeg, Nashville, Colorado, none of those guys, you know, and
0: go to Edmonton.
1: That was the team I was thinking of when I said Bob Wave is no trade, <laughs> no move right. to go there. I mean, not with all due respect. Um, maybe, but again, that's I mean they're they're. Let's see, they are tied with Minnesota in points for the last wild card spot, but they have two less row. So,
0: yeah.
1: you know, I don't know.
0: I mean, they're still in it, and I think there's a level of desperation there for sure. To make the playoffs that, yeah, I mean, woof, interesting. Um, the other part of this, of course, the other part of the Blue Jackets wild trade deadline drama is Artemi Panarin. And it's uh, it's going to get interesting here. The agent for Artemi Panarin, Daniel Milstein, is going to be traveling the globe this uh, this coming week, as he always is. Um, Monday, he'll be in uh, contact with Panarin, but I think that's going to be more of a more of a uh, leisure dinner with a bunch with uh, Panarin and a bunch of Russians. I get the sense that the actual sit down meeting with Milstein and Panarin uh, will be the weekend of the All Star Game, and I'm not sure. I just have a feeling that. That nothing is going to come out of that cut and dried, here's what we're doing, but I think the Blue Jackets are going to need to get an answer. And if they don't get an answer in terms of will he sign with them or will he not, then they have to start making plans, I think, based on the fact that they assume he will not. Um, And so it it could be a strange situation where the guy who, who walked out on this team in the middle of a game is the guy who sticks around. And the guy who can't make up his mind is the one who is sent away. But I'm just let's let's look at it this way. On February 26th, do you think neither Bobrovsky nor Panarin, both will will be here, that both Bobrovsky and Panarin will be here, or that Bob will be here, or that Brad will be here? You have four options, Tom Reed. I wasn't paying attention.
2: <laughs> I think that I, I, I think I think Bob is still here. Okay. Gosh, I've always felt that, and I I thought that Panarin would be gone. I'm gonna stage that Panarin's gone, but I'm that's the one I'm starting to lean toward. <laughs> Maybe not, just because I think in some ways it's like I'll, I'll, I'll let Allison come back, and then let's let's let let's. let's Let's talk about it a little bit more after this, but I'll give Allison her her thought. Oh, this is impossible. Um, well, hang on
0: a second. What was yours, answer, Tom?
2: No, I said uh, Bob. Bob here, uh, Panarin gone. Okay.
1: Go um, I think Bob's here. Um, mainly because of what we just talked about the trade market. Um. I don't know, something in me says that Panarin Panarin stays because they buy, buy into renting him to themselves.
0: So you think there's a chance they both stay? I do. Which is the damn the torpedoes, we're going for it approach. That's I mean, unthinkable. I don't, don't, don't
2: back off it, Allison, because I don't think that I don't I I would have said three months ago that is crazy. And now I, I don't think that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I because here's the thing. I think if, if this organization wants to make a run just in terms of economy of effort, if you trade Panarin, the multiple other steps, in my opinion, that you're also going to have to take to keep this team at a competitive level, could be quite a few. And it's just a more efficient move financially, effort-wise, number of trades and transaction-wise. You just keep him. That's that's why I say it.
2: I, I think that this has played played out. There were, could have been so many ways that this would have made it so much easier to trade him. Number one, the team didn't play well. They could right. just like just falling on their face this year with all the distractions and they could have almost had a management and coaches could have almost had a, well, look, look what we, look what we had to deal with all year. Right. And with Panarin, that hasn't been the issue. He's been just the, you know, for the most part, I think there was a stretch there. I don't think he was and, and Torch brought this up the other day. He wasn't quite playing as hard as we were used to seeing. He was still putting up points, but now he's back to playing like the way we saw him play almost all of last season. And the team is the team is right there. The division, you know, we're we're down to what thirty some games left. The division is right there for the taking. Um, they're playing really well coming into all this, and of course we're we're setting this up as as not to the trade deadline necessarily, but like as Aaron laid out at the beginning. Okay, they're at some point here very soon. They're going to come to the Blue Jackets and say, here's. Here's where we are as far as signing in Columbus or re-signing in Columbus. And okay, Columbus, here's here's our here's what we're thinking. Go make your move. And I think it would have been a lot better had Panarin just been kind of almost like Bob and like his problems with him. He's you know stalked off the off the ice and didn't want to come back. And that would be easier. Like oh, this guy doesn't want to be here. Let's just move him right now, even though we're winning. Get rid of him. Kind of like. For Browns fans like Josh Gordon, okay, enough is enough. We got to get rid of them. Let's go. But that's not the case, and it's it makes it just that much harder, I think, for management.
0: Well, and this is what I think you wrote right after the news broke this summer. Like trade them now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because this is this is the this is when it gets harder, right? When you start to get closer oh, to it. Yeah. And you can see it right now. It's like, oh my god, like, I I think, uh, I think Yarmo Kekalainen does have the resolve to bite down hard and make a painful trade.
2: Oh, he does. There's no question.
0: I think it's there, but man, when you're looking, the playoffs are still special here. The playoffs are not yet ho hum here,
1: right? Right.
0: Um, but at what, what, What would it so let's look at it this way, too? They keep Bob, they keep Panarin, they keep them both. What has to happen from there to make that worthwhile? I mean, and assume that they're both going to leave as UFAs. What has to happen for the Blue Jackets, uh, at by the end of the regular season and in the playoffs to have justified what has been called by many, myself included, as a reckless decision? For the long-term health of the franchise.
1: Well, what's I your think- answer? Wait a minute. What's your answer, Porty? Hey, what do you hey, think?
0: I'll, I'll be the moderator here.
1: <laughs> That's not That's fair. Why I protest. like
2: being moder- the like moderator on the videos. I can just pass it back and forth. I
0: um, well, I got off scot-free in the previous one. Uh, I, I'm i going to say Bob Gone Bread Here.
1: Oh! Well, that
2: is not one I would expect. That's a bold statement.
0: <laughs> um, and uh, you know what? I think if they keep them here, if they keep and now to the second part, if they keep both of them here, and and they don't sign, and I think if I think if they win one playoff round, people are going to say, "Big whoop!" Like yippee, yippee, do now. If they win the division and they have a banner to hang up in the and the Rafters, fine. But I still think they have to... If they win two... If they make it to, like, the Eastern Conference Finals, even if they lose the Eastern Conference Finals, I think people would say, you know what? Hell of a run. Worth it. But I I think if they get knocked out in the first round, um, I think they'll take some... They'll take some criticism, and I think that's fair.
2: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I I, I, I agree. I, I think that... I think it... I think a tangible thing, it, 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 this just sounds so weird, but, but 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 given where this franchise is right now, if you could hang a banner, I think that would be a start, but I think it has to be followed with winning, it, winning a playoff round. Two would be more as you, as you laid out, would be more tangible because if you won if you won two rounds, that has to mean well, I don't know, I guess it doesn't have to, but you would think a lot of your young players. Would have contributed. Yeah, this would have been tremendous for Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, it would be great for everybody involved. But you'd have to think, uh, Wawrenski plays well, Jones plays well, and again, you're going to go. Hopefully, you still have your, just you still have the same old issues. But it, this franchise could use something like that. And then you just say, whatever. I, I'm still. I still say you move him now. You should have moved him in the summer. Yeah. But I can but I'm starting to see I am starting to see a pathway. And and the last thing that, and this this won't but you almost predicted this, Aaron, back in the summer. You predicted that, that that if you're getting into late January and February, what are you gonna do to the heartstrings of this fan base? And now you have like second grade what what was that? A second grade class somewhere here locally. Like we're making these Russian signs, asking Panarin to stay. Yes. Got all these restaurants doing all this stuff, and now all of a sudden it's like there's there there seems to be a groundswell of hope that he will stay. And Yarmo has to like, sorry folks, we can't do it. We can't. We really can't do this. Or does he say, God damn it, we're going for it? Never. Cheers right. right now, and then when they get eliminated in the first round, they get it like, oh, what were you thinking, Yarmo? I, I, that's hard. It it really is hard. It it's it's a that's got a really hard call for
0: for the management here. Allison, what do they have to achieve in the playoffs if they keep these guys to make it worth it?
1: Um I mean they definitely have to win a round. They have to. Um, I think two rounds would be two rounds would be set. winning two rounds would be satisfactory. Um, if they get to the second round and lose, I think it's going to be kind of okay, but not satisfactory.
0: Um,
1: you know, the other, the other thing that's been interesting in all this too, though, like Tom talked about is the optics of this whole situation, because if Panarin, the winning is one thing and it's, it's should be the most important thing, but (coughs) if the narrative becomes, even if even if they keep Panarin, if the narrative becomes that Panarin doesn't want to stay here or sign here, you've got this groundswell of hope. You've got this groundswell of outreach, of love from the city towards this player. If he shuns the city, you know, the negativity might justly or unjustly start to focus on the player leaving and not so much the team did or didn't do whatever. I mean, that's that's a narrative that could come out of this.
0: Wait till the picture of the second grade class weeping and consoling know
1: and
2: you know they're not going to you get a sense that that and I'm not saying well this is Milstein's job but even if they are they're basically saying no he doesn't want to stay you know how they're going to portray it it will not come out quite that way right
0: no no uh,
2: they will they will make it they will try to do everything they can to make this the blue jackets he loves this city. He does. And, and, and I don't. I have never seen a sign that he is, he's been outwardly. I, I, I don't want to be here. Right. That's the thing. I, I thought it was just the fact that he, it's a little thing, but just that, that he took his picture with that sign is just one of those little things about athletes. They're like either, either he's really, really, really clever or there was some, there's something very genuine there that says, thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. Uh, he didn't have to do that. He could have maybe just acknowledged it and taken a picture of it. But him standing in front of that sign uh, kind of humanized that to me a little bit. And, again, I think that's why you see so many fans just maybe hoping uh, we all think that he's going to go. I think eventually we all agree that he's probably going to – this is his last year here – regardless of whether he stays after the deadline or not. But, man,
1: oh, man, that's... But that's the thing. I th- I mean, I agree with you. I've not seen a single thing from the player that he doesn't like it here, and I don't think that he doesn't not like it here. He just is, going, is likely to end up liking it somewhere else better. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. And that's a nuance that if and when he leaves isn't going to matter <laughs> because it's a it's a dismissal of this city and this team for, for a lot of people, I think. And that yeah. is no matter what positioning is done. And, and as you say, any good agent is going to do that. And the reality of the situation is not a love versus hate thing. But the end result is if he chooses to leave, that will be viewed as a shunning or a, my gosh, we just finished talking about how Rick Nash got booed for however long until he retired, you know. And I mean, I, I don't know that all of the fan base will be fine if that's the way the decision goes by the player.
2: I yeah. could see this. I could, I could see this, though. I could see them. Let's just let's just uh, hypothetical. I and mean, we know coaches and GMs hate hypothetical. <laughs> what if what if he stays? They win two rounds and he leaves. How is he? How is he viewed when he comes back the next time? I think it's okay. I do too. I think <laughs> it's you helped us get. But I, I know what, I know exactly what you're saying, Allison. About the, the there's a there's a nuance there of yes, he likes us. He just doesn't love us. But I think if he stays, I think he would continue. I don't. He doesn't strike me as the type that's going to pout because I don't think he's he's worried about the next eight years, not the next eight weeks. Sure. Right. So I think if they could somehow get in um, and, and do some damage in, in, I can't even believe I'm saying this. I really can't believe I'm saying that, but if they could get in and win around or, or, and maybe take it to six or seven games in a second round, I think he would be looked at as, thank you. Thanks for this. Thanks for these two great years. Thanks for sticking here and helping us finally, Get in the playoffs. Thanks for helping us raise our first banner uh, that wasn't sponsor related. I I think people might look at him that way as opposed to get out of here, you brat, you know, because I think going into it, it will have been very clear that the fact that I did not sign this contract in February says that you knew what you were possibly getting yourself
0: into. Yeah, and there are very few people, very few relationships. That can end uh, without someone's feelings being hurt, or someone feeling snubbed, or someone feeling um, less adequate or less loved than the other person. Like someone has to do the dumping, right? And even if yeah, there's no mutual breakups. And even if it's done in the in the kindest, most genuine, compassionate way, you're still you're still being told, I think there's something better for me out there. And there's no way, there's really no way to get around that. You, you may, you may have picked up on my voice that I've been dumped a time or two here. <laughs> um, but I think that's it. Like there's, you can be, it could be so, so kind. And it's still that. Anyways. And I, so it's I, going to be really fascinating here. These next, this next month or so, five weeks. Um, Incredible, really. I mean, you could argue that what's coming ahead is maybe the most pivotal month of the organization, just with the two pieces that they've got to decide what to do with. Um, We have a Q&A up on our site right now with Rick Nash, the former captain of the Blue Jackets, who appears to be back in the fold of the organization, though not in an official capacity. Uh Nash dropped the ceremonial first puck last Sunday before the Rangers and the Blue Jackets played. He was pretty open and pretty honest about some stuff. I didn't want to talk about his health issues. Um that's a bit of a downer right now. I think he's he's still I know he is, still struggling with some post concussion issues. Um so but give that that interview a read. He got into some pretty interesting stuff there as the night he returned to nationwide the Calvert fight, uh, you know, his end with Columbus back in 2012. He gave Doug McLean a rinse in there, um, told some funny stories. Anyways, check that out. There's all sorts of stuff up on the site. What else do we need to uh, get to, folks? It looks like Dubinsky's back tonight. It looks like Duclair is out. Do we anticipate any other changes tonight, Allison?
1: I I don't think so um saw marcus hannah kind and briefly he's still not ready to to get back um so i think that's the only change we'll see we don't know who's going to be in net though back to our original yeah.
0: <laughs> tom who's starting goal tonight
2: oh uh boy wouldn't it be something if Corpy starts at home and says hey bob here you go in minnesota Woo! um hey there is one thing that we need to get to and you sure. you're the one that reported this so I might need to check you for concussion. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, what, would, what would fans here think of a return of Derek Broussard?
0: Yeah, well, I think, um, God, he's an upgraded center, right? I, would, I mean, I, we talked about this a little bit at the skate yesterday. This is a weird one for me because we know how good he is as a player. I have no godly idea why it hasn't worked for him in Pittsburgh. I just, I can't figure it out. And it, it I mean, I, I think if you're the Blue Jackets, you have to get answers to that before you, you bring him in. I don't think the price would be that high for him because I think Pittsburgh's ready to move him. Um, and, but it may have to be a three-way deal because I don't know that Pittsburgh and Columbus want to give each other something too much. Here's a, I mean, I think it allows you to put Boone Jenner back on the wing. I think it allows you to slide Wenberg, maybe even into a fourth line role, which is what his offensive production has been. It allows you a new wrinkle on the power play, um, and I don't know if it means the end of Wenberg's time. I certainly don't think he moves out in a trade for for Sar, but it gives you also a faceoff guy. I'd have to check, but Broussard's had some decent years in the faceoff circle. Uh, what are you guys, you guys thinking of this one?
1: I mean, it's, it's. when we talked about this yesterday, I said, if this is the Derek Broussard that played in Columbus, in New York, in Ottawa, yes. But I, I do not have a good enough feel for what has gone wrong in Pittsburgh for him. Um, the other thing I'm concerned about with him is injury. He's had some injuries longer term in Pittsburgh that probably ties to his, his performance being not as good as, as he usually does. So, I'd be interested, but as I'm sure the front office would do, I'd really need to dig into what were the flaws that, that caused quite a few dips in in not only points, but underlying performance for him before I was serious about it.
0: He's at 48.7% face-offs. So. so he's a blue jacket is what
2: you're saying. Well, oh, he's, well
0: he's well ahead of many blue jackets, but yes. Tom, your thoughts, you know, Broussard. Well, you know, the, you know, the player, you know, the game.
2: God, I, I, I just, you know, first of all, he did play for John Tortorella in 2012 and 13, the playoffs. We, and I think we all thought, Oh my God, he's going to, it's the, that's not going to work at all. It worked beautifully. Right. I mean, he won him a playoff series. I mean, I'm just looking at, 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 at his numbers um, with the Rangers in the playoffs 59 games, 18 goals, 26 assists. I mean, he was such an important player for them in the playoffs. Uh, Even scored a, you know, help was, so he, so in his last, prior to last year, prior to last year, he was on teams that went to the Stanley Cup finals, the conference finals, and the conference finals in three or four years. They, they, They were eliminated one year, and he was a big part of that. And we're talking about what, what you need here to help get you over the hump. You, a, you need a second-line center in the worst way. Uh, here's a guy who's still young enough uh, and, who again, who has done it on the biggest stages. Um, yeah, but, 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 but there's no question that this has not worked in Pittsburgh. And I, I, I'm with you, Aaron. When they made the trade last year— to get Broussard, I'm like, oh my god, they're going to win a third straight cup, and right. it it is just it just hasn't happened.
0: Uh, I, I I remember thinking, oh my god, he's going to have 80 points. Yeah, yeah. Like holy smokes, like that's a like a, a candy factory for him, and it just yeah. hasn't, I don't know, I can't imagine why it hasn't worked out.
2: Well, as as Allison mentioned, there's there's probably been some there's some injury issues there too. Um, I don't know. I think you would get an extremely, extremely motivated player. A guy who who liked it here, really liked it here. He loved it here. Um, And would be coming to a team that needs him, that needs what he brings. And again, who has a big game. I mean, his nickname in New York was Big Game Brass because he was a really, really clutch player for the Rangers in the playoffs uh, during his time there. Um, So... I guess we'll wait and see.
0: And a guy who's played under Tortorella, as you mentioned. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's he, yeah knows Tortorella. Yeah, uh, likes playing. I think he liked playing for Tortorella. He's only, only played the he only played there just a bit of one year, and then the playoffs for
0: him. Yeah.
2: But really thrived under Tortorella.
0: Yeah, it's not for everybody. But no,
2: no, but 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 there, I I think more players than not. Do eventually appreciate playing for him. Yeah. And again, I think the way things are going for Broussard, he would love an opportunity. And we all know this guy. He loves – there are guys that love love a pro, pro sport and guys that just love what a pro sport does for them. Derek Broussard loves hockey. Oh, He absolutely is the ultimate rink rat. If he's not an NHL insider when his career is over – that he's right. not doing it right. He knows what everything. He knows everything that's going on everywhere. It's he unbelievable. He wants to know everything.
0: Yeah, he'll say stuff like, "Who's the third? Hey, who's the third line right right winger in Carolina? Is it still is Victor have Victor Rask on the wing or is he at center ice? Right. And you're like, wow. And most guys, you're like, hey, so they have no, they don't know who they're playing <laughs> right. next night, let alone who's on the team other than the star players. He's always been like he's he's the biggest fan among players I've ever met.
2: Yeah, I agree. He he just loves absolutely loves the game. And yeah. uh, I it's tough. It it really is. This is a this is a tough one. I, I think I think it would be a low you know, he, did we decide he is a free agent at the end of the season?
0: Well, it's not for us to decide actually.
2: Well, is it, what what is it where's <laughs> down?
0: Hang on a second. We go to our friends at Cap Friendly, a great website, by the way, people.
2: Oh, that's a nice way to fill some time there. I
0: don't know. I'm just uh, giving it up here. Yes, he is a UFA. Okay, so he's got three million salary this year. So at the you were talking about seven hundred bucks probably by the trade deadline.
2: Yeah.
0: Seven hundred thousand bucks to be yeah. clear. Yeah.
2: Um. Uh, I mean, if they can, if they could somehow swing it, I seems low risk to me. Not totally against it.
0: Is he better than Wenberg right now? Yes. Yes.
2: Again, he has the pedigree. It would just be imagine. Just trying to kind of get that out of him again. Uh, sure. He's done it. I mean, he's done it consistently yeah. uh, at a time of year where the Blue Jackets haven't been able to done it. And he's done it against the teams that the Blue Jackets would have to beat. He's beaten Pittsburgh Correct. twice. He's beaten Correct. Washington twice. I mean, these are the teams that you're eventually going to have to go through. Uh, so, I don't know. I I I know that there are players. I know there are people. We I had this conversation with somebody yesterday that says this kind of this kind of thing rarely works out, where a guy goes back, right, and plays well on his second tour of duty with a team. Uh, you know, we saw it with Mark Messier it didn't work out. But we're talk, you know, we're just talking about two or three months here right now to get them through that. Yeah, they need help, but they need help at center.
0: I also think we're talking about a player who, even coming back here, wouldn't be with huge expectations. Like he wouldn't be. No. He's not the top one, or even probably the second line. He may be the second line center if they move Jenner out. Uh, I don't mean move him out by like trade, but move him back to the wing. Um, but I don't, I don't think the fortunes of this franchise would rest upon him going into the playoffs. So that would no. be no, I don't fairly I don't. Low risk. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. This was a, an interesting one. Um, we'll be back with you on – are we doing one Tuesday, even though there's – yeah, we'll do one Tuesday. Of course we'll do one Tuesday. What else are we doing Tuesday? Um, so we'll come back Tuesday. I'm not sure we'll do one a week from today or not since the, the jackets are dark, but uh, keep checking out the athletic website. All sorts of good stuff up there, um, and we will – Tom and Allison will talk to you tonight after the game in Columbus, and I'll get you Saturday in St. Paul. So thanks for watching, listening, and reading, and we'll talk to you all soon.